Mojo. Ah, yes, here it is. Got your mojo working. Pizzazz, oomph, zest, passion, energy, vibe. ACDC, the Mojo Radio Show. Hey, that can't be right. I got my mojo working. But it just won't work on you. Thanks, AP. Great job, as always. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Nice to have your company. Thank you for hitting the download button. We surely do appreciate it. Great show this week. We are going to talk strategy, what it is, how it works, and how we can all do it better. And it's not just strategy for business, but it's also setting strategies for our own personal lives. So keep that in mind as we talk to our strategic expert in the field, If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy it. We just find people that we think are interesting, have got an opinion, tips and tools, stuff that you can use to get your mojo working. When I say we, I mean me and him. Robbo, hey, young buddy. (laughs) I always love being referred to as him. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly could be worse. Yes, I know. I'm actually going really well, mate. How about you? Yeah, good. What's uh, Have you had a good week? Had a good week. Had a busy week. Uh, G'day to my mates down in Wollongong at I-98, radio station down there been doing some work for this week. A lot of fun. I like that station. I always, when I'm heading down that way, I must say it's a very refreshing uh, to switch the dial Mm. from the Triple M onto I-98. It's good. They're actually one of the hardest working regional radio stations, I reckon. They they put a lot of work into their image, which is nice. Very good. Very good. Yeah, it's good. How about you? Yes, mate. Uh, Been out in the speaking circuit doing a couple of jobs here and there, which has been very nice. Mm. And uh, in fact, next week, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing a speaking job for some friends of yours. I'm uh, doing a gig for MTV. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm. they're, they're over at Surrey Hills there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I must say I'm pretty pumped about yeah, that, yeah. which is uh, very good because back in my day at the M's, at Triple M, we uh, we helped launch MTV into Australia, which uh, so that's going back oh, quite, go. quite a few years. So yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, synergy there. Mm. Nice. Uh, now, before we start the show... Yep. Um, Hang on, mate. I, I need to ask you, why are you sweeping? <laughs> well, it's not... I know it's not, dirty in here, but come on. Now's not the time. Well, no, I've just got some housekeeping to do. Right. You missed a spot over there in the corner. Yes, I'll get to that once I move all these <laughs> Coke cans out of the way. A uh, couple of quick things. Mm. Uh, your top ten list, because... Yes. Two weeks ago on the show, we had a cracking mm. guest, Seb Terry, from yep. 100 Things. Yes. And at the end of the show, you said you would get your list, but you said you'd do a top 10. Yeah, So I I'm did. just checking on behalf of our listeners who I know are sitting on the edge, edge of their speakers <laughs> with anticipation. Uh, what's on your list? Well, I've, I've done my list, but mm. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to divulge it all at once. I'm, I'm going to count my way down over the next few weeks. Well, let's do three a week. But I it's actually want to hear. It's called a teaser, folks. It's called a teaser, <laughs> and I also want to hear what our listeners have to say about it. I, yep. I, I want their thoughts on my my list, and I also want to see what they have to think. So, before I give away mine, which I'll do the top, I'll do ten, nine, and eight today. Yep. Jump onto our Facebook page and uh, and leave your own top ten list, and let's compare notes with our listeners. What do you reckon? Wait. All right. Well, give us your give us your All ten, right. nine, eight. Number ten, hike the Grand Canyon. Oh, nice. Yeah, something something I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Yeah, I visited special. there but never hiked, yep. Uh, this Number nine, swim with dolphins. All right. Mm, I love dolphins, one of my favourite animals. And there's no real surprise uh, at, at number eight, coach a first grade rugby team. All right. So um, so there you go. There's, there's ten, nine and eight. 
I'll uh, I'll divulge a few more next week. But um, jump on our Facebook page, folks, and uh, and leave your own top ten list. Let's compare notes. You know they're very doable. Hiking the Grand Canyon is very doable. Mm. Swimming with dolphins. I understand they used to do it at SeaWorld on the Gold Coast. Now, yes. I'm not sure if they still do it yeah. there. Yeah, no, I'd want to do it in the wild. That's my yeah. And uh, coaching first grade rugby, all very doable. So good. Mm. That's ten, nine, and eight. All right, yep. well, that's taken care of. Let's keep sweeping. Um, mm. I have to say the end of Seb Terry's show, which was not this week, gone the week prior, we played the Rick Price single. I've got to say, mate, I loved it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. really is good. This album yeah. is is really something out of the box, I must mm. say. Mm. Well done to Rick, but um, we have received our albums to give away. Is that right? The we have indeed. Yep. So to win, folks, all you need to do is go to the iTunes page and look for the Mojo Radio Show. Click on ratings and reviews and stick in a review. The good, the bad, and the ugly, we can take it. We're grown up. We're grown ups. We've been around the radio radio <laughs> game for long enough to be able to take the ugly. Um, and we've worked with a few. Um, so just dr- drop us a note in there. The first mm. six, we've already got a couple of reviews in there now. Uh, first six we will pick out and we will send the a copy of Rick Price's new album. And i got to say... There's a, there's a gospel track on there that we talked about on the show with Rick, and it's a cracker. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Oh, and don't forget, folks, to um, keep listening because we'll be announcing the winners on the show, and, and we'll need you to get in contact with us so we can get them to you. Correct. Now, mm. a couple of quick things before we get into our guest. Uh, we had a pause for a cause uh, a week or so back, and mm-hmm. it was fantastic from a guy called Tim Martin from Net 101. Um, yes. I've since been in touch with Tim because he left that that uh, message on our answering machine, mm. and uh, he's agreed to be on the show, which is super cool because oh, he wow. is an absolute expert in all things to do with the internets yeah. and building traffic, how to use hashtags, how social media works, how to use it for your business, He's very, very good. He, Gary, he had, did you get him on for the listeners or for us? For us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the great thing about Net 101 mm. and he has his own category in amongst the whole social media thing is he trains people on it. So rather than oh, just wow. do it as an agency, he's a master trainer. So um, that is a good get. So uh, yeah. we'll get Tim on. And speaking of which, the last bit of housekeeping I've got before I put the broom away Mm. Our answering machine is up and running. Mm. The telephone number, folks, which we put we'll put in the show notes, is 08 72006656. Mm. Or you can dial 08 Mojo. M-O-J-O. Nice. Mm, the mojo's in the numbers. All right. Anything else? That's about it. Time to get into this week's episode, Let's I reckon. get into it. Help us get the Mojo Radio Show on the iTunes What's Hot list. Hit up the Mojo Radio Show and leave a comment now. Oh, and please... You are such a disappointing pair. Be gentle with us. You know, Robbo, strategy is one of those wank words that everybody throws around. Very few actually know what it is, mm. and there are very few people or businesses actually execute on it. Yeah, and 
I just thought it was topical. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke to a guy called Blake Beatty. Mm. Uh, you remember that show with uh, the Pay It Forward day? Yep. Mm. Ended up being a super successful event globally. And I just thought we'd get uh, Blake back on again to talk mm. about how Pay It Forward Day went. Because mm. it was only sort of a month or so ago. And number two, just talk about strategy because he is an expert in strategy. He facilitates mm. a lot. He helps people with it. He's written about it. Mm. So this is pretty cool, brother. It's not often we get to say to a guest, welcome back, back. to the Mojo Radio Show. But Blake Beatty, welcome back. Mm. In Hi, fact, Gary. Hi, Robbo. How are you going, mate? Only the second guest to make a return. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, we had Levi from Stephen Seagulls back, and uh, you're the next victim. Well, look, I feel honoured to be invited back. Uh, thank you. I'm not quite sure what I did to deserve that privilege, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I think it should be Gary and I that are glad that you actually agreed to come back. You'd want to come back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, my word. Hey, um... We'll rewind a bit back to episode 30 for those people who haven't heard that ep yet. Blake uh, is the founder of a fantastic event called Pay It Forward Day, which happened only a number of weeks ago. Um, mm. How did it all go, mate? Give us the, give us the breakdown. What happened? Uh, look, it was big and huge around the world, actually. Uh, so... Uh yeah, I mean, our goal was to inspire 5 million uh, acts of kindness around the world, starting a, a positive ripple effect out there in the community. Uh, and it's a hard thing to obviously gauge whether or not you hit that 5 million, but I actually think we surpassed it. Wow. Uh, and, you know, in terms of some of the stats, um, you know, we were trending number one in Phoenix. Uh, there was a campaign run in the States called Pay It Forward Day, USA, Tag Your Give, uh, which had, uh, you know, over 4, four million uh, reach um, on on Twitter and Facebook was was going crazy as well. I mean the the four day website had over two hundred thousand mm. uh, hits on it and it featured on uh, Today Show here and in the states CNBC, Ten News, Twelve News, Fox Five, Fox Eight, Fox Six, ABC. So it um, it went crazy. Uh, and what's more important, there were some. Pretty awesome uh, acts of kindness around the globe too. Mm, that's great. So, um, is there any uh, standout examples of um, of some of the acts of acts of kindness that were committed? Shall we say? Yeah. Look, uh, I mean, Shiloh High School. Uh, they together thirty thousand meals uh, for the needy. Uh, you had uh, companies like Mobile Mini who had 134 branches reach out to local food bank, a few food banks, and donate, you know, thousands of items to them. Uh, I mean, you had, uh, you know, in China, you had uh, uh, grade eight raising $1,500 to the Nepal Earthquake Fund. Fantastic. Uh, you had the Arizona Cowboys and the Phoenix Suns, uh, their ice hockey and American football teams uh, heavily involved. Uh, I mean, you had uh, a 7,000% tip to a waiter in uh, New York City. Wow, 7,000, uh, did you say? Seven thousand percent. Yeah, so the forty-three dollar bill, and they left a three thousand dollar tip. Whoa! uh, Which is, you know, you'd you'd be pretty happy about that, I reckon. Yeah, (laughs) mate, puts my little effort uh, to shame. I um I there was I I used the opportunity there was a, a pensioner in front of me in Gloria Jeans buying a coffee and I shouted her a coffee but that that puts mine to shame. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it could, still might have made a really powerful difference to that person who might be yeah. exactly what they needed. Yeah. There's been a lot of research done and we had Dr. Tim Sharp from the Happiness Institute on the show 
and uh, yeah. we had positive psychologist Dr. Adam Fraser on the show, and we've yeah. we've talked about this a lot. And the research is showing, and these two guys who are forefront at positive psychology and essentially happiness are saying that the number one thing that brings people happiness in their life is doing something for others. And that really is what you've done, isn't it? Is you've you've just brought this happiness by way of somebody doing something for somebody else. And then there's the the significance of it or the profound effect that can have on someone's life or their career, isn't it? That's uh, good on you, mate. Yeah, thank you. It's uh it's very exciting, I guess, where it's come from, where it is now. And uh, next year will actually be the 10-year anniversary for Pay It Forward Day. So not quite sure exactly what we're going to be aiming to achieve then, but uh, I think it'll be pretty huge. Mm. Well, this, um, this particular show, we're going to uh, take a different road with Blake because, um, as you would see in his website, Blake has started and runs... Pay It Forward Day, um, and then his day job is facilitating speaking, writing, and consulting to some of Australia's biggest companies on strategy, and he's seen as a bit of an expert in strategy and execution, which is what we want to delve into today. Um, let's just start with strategy itself, Blake. Where, where are companies going wrong with strategy today in your mind? Uh, look, there's a number of different areas they go wrong. Uh, they, I mean, often... Uh, the strategy isn't a clear, simple strategy, and uh, you know, a good strategy is a, is a plan on a page. Uh, they also go wrong in that uh, uh, it's not balanced. So you know, you've got to get the right balance between internal, external focus. You've got to have balance across people, operations, financials, marketplace, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, they often don't uh, involve the right people. Uh, so. Now, it's, it's important to involve the people uh, who are going to be in charge to deliver on the strategy. And I think it's about making the strategy, uh, it needs to be you know, intellectually sound, but also emotionally compelling. Uh, does it connect with you at a head and a heart level? And a lot of strategies, they just don't do that. So I think it's really about having the right people, the right information, uh, strong process and focused energy, and that that will get you, you know, a strong uh, strategy moving forward. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, you want a quality plan, and, but you want strong buy-in and commitment to it. Can I take you back a step, Blake? Can you, yeah. can you dumb it down uh, and yeah, in sure. simplest possible terms, what is strategy? Uh, look, uh, I'd say strategy is a series of choices you make about where to play and how to win to maximise long-term value. That would be in a nutshell for me, whereas execution you'd kind of look at as being producing results in the context of those choices. So if I'm writing a strategy, and I like the idea of having it on a single page, if I am doing that, tell me as I go down the page, what are the key headings or the key things on my one-page strategy? Okay. So, look, I think one key area would be marketplace. So what does that look like in terms of your market, your sales, uh, where are you going to play? Uh, there's another key part, which is the operations, the day-to-day. It's the internal processes. You, you need another section around uh, your people. Um, so that's all around capability, leadership, uh, what you guys need to do to succeed uh, in the future. 
And I think in those areas, you, you tend to want to have more of your, your lead indicators, lead measurable indicators, but you also want your outcomes as well, uh, which are more of your, your lag. So it's um, uh, very much around particularly your financial performance that you want to achieve. So, I mean, I always recommend that... Uh, any company uh, needs to have a, a longer-term perspective, so that might be a three- or five-year plan, but you also want to bring it back to, okay, well, what are we going to achieve this year? And each one of those measures under those kind of buckets, and by the way, those buckets will change a little bit depending on what kind of industry you're in. So mining, um, the mining industry may have some very different buckets to a um, FMCG, for example, uh, whereas you might call out a particular growth piece uh, for them, um, whereas you know, as opposed to a marketplace. So, uh, but I think the other thing too is is each one of those buckets. You need to make sure you've got um, uh, goals that really signify your intent, what you really want to aim to achieve. Uh, but you also need to make sure you've got measures and targets that stretch your current level of capability that are. Uh, I guess, producing the behaviours that you want to see uh, and, you know, very clear and precise. So uh, you'll understand, uh, you know, are you on target or not? Uh, so it needs to be, you know, what percentage of, what number of, and hopefully they're, they're targets that you can measure over the course of the year rather than something that you, you've got to read on once a year. So quite often when you're doing these sessions, like somebody says to you, as a facilitator, who should I invite? Who should be involved? What's what's your view on that? Uh, well, I guess it, it depends a little bit on the size of the organisation uh, and the, the people you have available. So, I, I, I mean, the work that I do typically is in larger organisations. Yeah. Uh, so what I would always suggest is you've got your your, your leadership team um, and uh, and then, you know, so, you, so let's say I'm working with an organisation of 1,000, 2,000 plus, You've got your, your lead team. You may have um, some of the, the business unit leaders. Uh, you may have some functional experts. Uh, you may have some really good creative thinkers or, or uh, some people who are skilled in particular areas that you want to focus on in the strategy. Uh, and it may be even some of your high potentials that you want to include in that strategy development process. So mm. you may have... 12 to 15 is usually kind of the, the right number having those sessions for larger groups. But for smaller companies, uh, it really depends on who you have. So if you've only got five to 10 people in your organization, you may have and probably will have all of those people in the, yeah. in the strategy development session. Can you give me an example of someone who has built mm. a strategy that was emotionally compelling? That was an interesting term you used when we started the interview. Um, look, I guess I'm just thinking about some of the companies that we work with. Uh, I mean, one of the things that we will do is uh, we will use uh, keypad technology to really find out people's level of uh, Commitment uh, to the plans that they develop, and um, and particularly uh, based on based on that and the way way we run the process, we get a read, an anonymous read, on how people feel about the strategy or plan that's being developed, uh, and we get some very very high readings based on that, uh, which really does translate into 
you know, uh, much greater execution. Because if you've got that buy-in and commitment and you've got that emotionally compelling plan, so it's one thing to understand intellectually, you know, what you need to do uh, to achieve your longer-term ambitions. It's quite another thing to be emotionally connected to it, to really, you know, feel part of something uh, bigger than yourself, bigger than your department, bigger than your function, but to achieve uh, the the goals, the vision, the plan of what the company is aiming to achieve. And that connectedness uh, is the critical thing because, uh, you know, if I had to think about, I mean, recently there was a study of 8,000 managers and 250 companies, and it showed the top two reasons where uh, why strategies kind of fail and it had to do with failure to align and failure to coordinate effectively across business units. Uh, and that, that alignment piece of functions, business units, uh, and particularly around resources, uh, because that's where a lot of companies get it wrong as well, is uh, people have their day job and yet you have all these grand plans and schemes about what you want to achieve in the future, well, you've got to kind of got to uh, make sure you adequately resource those and there's the right uh, projects uh, in place, uh, but not too many projects, which is another problem that uh, that organisations face. So that emotionally compelling side of thing is really important uh, to drive the outcomes you're trying to achieve. Is purpose a big part of what you're talking about here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the top line thing. That's the reason why you, you get up in the morning and you, you, you go to work apart from earning a living. If there's a strong purpose uh, for the company or vision or mission or whatever you, whatever, uh, you want to call it, uh, it's, it's really powerful uh, to have people aligned behind that purpose and linked in with that is having the right values uh, and supportive uh, behaviours underpinning those values. You talked about keypad technology. What's What do you mean? You've got mobile uh, phones and devices where where you can actually get a sense of, of where people are in terms of assessing you know, whether you, they understand uh, information, uh, whether they agree with it, whether they're committed to it. Uh, but we, uh, we found that using mobile phones, people will check emails and uh, messages and, and really when you're running strategy sessions, you want the energy attention in the room. Yeah. So, so these particular keypads that we use uh, and they're very much fit for purpose and we've refined them over a number of years. Uh, we can ask a range of different questions uh, to, as I say, you know, build understanding, uh, check on ag- agreement and particularly check on uh, commitment uh, where people are at in a, in a bunch of different areas. Uh, and and those polls are very powerful indicators of how we're tracking whether whether or not we're getting the outcomes we want, whether we're the commitment we want, whether we can uh, agree uh, on various things, and uh, it's it's a, it's a powerful way of doing things. Is that an app, or is that something that technology you develop? Yeah, it's actually a keypad thing that we've bought and we've developed programs around it um, that we use in workshops. Um, saying that if there is smaller organisations out there that perhaps want to use some of that technology, you can use some of the mobile devices uh, for that purpose. Uh, Lumi is one company that, that does it really well. But, um, but uh, yeah, as I say, the, the advantage of, I guess, using the, the keypads is uh, you keep people's energy attention in the room. So if someone is doing all this... Um you talk about sound checking your strategy or road testing your strategy. What could someone do immediately if they have this one pager to sound check it or to road check it? Again, it depends on the size of the organisation. So if you have a larger 
if you have a larger organisation, then uh, the leadership team uh, and function and, and business unit leaders they may check in with their teams and check mm. to see, look, look, you know, what feedback do you have? Does this make sense? What suggestions would you have for improvement? You could actually do some sessions with them to build a stronger plan and then, you know, bring that, we call it catch-ball feedback, but bring that catch-ball feedback, um, uh, you know, to a planning session where, you know, some refinements are, are made to improve on the plan, but the other advantage is it, it, it's, it's great that people feel like they've had some input into the, the plan that's going to be run out across the business. Uh, with smaller organisations, you know, it, it's it's just asking some of the right questions of people and communicating the plan in the right way. Uh, so even if the people aren't, aren't involved so much in the development of the plan, they may be more uh, involved in the the execution piece, the the shift from the what we want to achieve to the well, how are we actually going to get there? Yep. And maybe they're involved in some of those key actions and initiatives that are going to drive the, the, the achievement of the plan. Is there one cracking question that you would put at the top of the others to either sound check your strategy or to see whether there's a degree of emotional uh, involvement, emotional um, uptake? We would literally ask, look, how committed are you to the achievement of this plan? Be anonymous yeah. poll and we would check in to see where where they're at in that respect. When it comes to the delivery of the plan, we might ask a, a feasibility question. So it might be along the lines of, well, how feasible uh, do you think the achievement of this plan is? And that gives you a bit of an interesting read because at one end of the spectrum, you, you may get people saying, look, it's too stretching, it's too hard, it, you know, we're just not going to achieve that with the resources and, and what we have in place. The other end of the spectrum, you may have people saying, look, uh, We'll achieve it easily. So that may be indicating there's not enough stretch in some of the targets. Uh, so, you know, that's a valuable question to, to get a read on. Mm, that's good. If there was one powerful piece of advice that I'm going to get from reading your book and going through your website, you have got some amazing testimonials from some of the best authors in the world on strategy and business and management, which is very good. Thank you. <laughs> It is. It's, it, there's some great names amongst them. You've done very well, mate, to have those people read your book and, and to rave about the book. The book is called Bullseye. If I buy the book and I read the book, is yes. there one piece of powerful advice that you know I will get out of that that will change the way I see strategy? Ooh, one piece of advice, a tough question, Gary. <laughs> one piece. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bullseye, buddy. Yeah. Middle name. Look, Look, I, I can think of one piece of advice uh, that I guess is related to strategy, but I guess it's probably more personal strategy yeah. than, than, yeah, than company. Uh, but I think it's around uh, aligning your values uh, with your goals and your priorities. Mm, so nice. values are what I see as what matters most. Goals are what you're trying to achieve and priorities are where you spend your time, your money and your energy. So success... Uh, it's really important to have those three elements aligned. And a lot of people don't have them aligned, and that's why they're unhappy in life. But your core values, what matters most, you need to be very clear on what that is. Then you've got to be very clear on what goals you're trying to achieve. And then the priorities. You need to reflect that. So uh, where you spend your time, your money, and your energy, 
uh, need to be very much aligned to what, what you're trying to achieve, the, the goals. And if you're able to get those three aligned, uh, it's amazing how many things kind of take care of themselves as a result. Hello. That's gold. gold. There's gold in them <laughs> there hills. Bullseye! Yeah, that's, that's clever. That is very, that's excellent, mate. That is very, very clever. That, uh, that, that book just paid for itself. I was going to say, but um, still go out and buy the book, folks. <laughs> That's just some of the yeah, goals. There are, one, is, there are one or two other pieces in there that might help as well. There is stacks of gold in them there hills. Um, we spoke to Dr. Adam Fraser and he had a stat which I believe came from a KPMG or Deloitte, so one of the big guys, Yeah, that said that 65% of strategies fail and he talked about execution. What are the, the, the key steps, the key things to think about to ensure that your strategy does get executed? Okay, so to ensure the strategy gets executed, it's interesting you, you mentioned that stat from Dr. Adam Fraser. One of the stats that we use is 80% of uh, companies are happy with their plan, but 14% are happy with how the plan is actually executed. Yeah, nice. Oh, wow. So, so something goes wrong. Uh, and look, I've touched on a couple of the areas that go wrong. But so, so one is, is resourcing. Uh, so uh, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of plans out there, it's like, yes, this is what we want to achieve, fantastic. But they just don't have the resources uh, to achieve it. Or they don't redeploy uh, their, their staff in the relevant areas or spend the money in the, the areas that's required. So that's really important. I think another another thing uh, is there's just uh, too many projects, uh, too many initiatives, which, again, uh, particularly with the leadership teams, it means that they're just completely overstretched and they just can't do it all, uh, which can lead to there being kind of too many priorities, so it actually lacks the focus uh, required. Um, I would say that discipline is a key thing where companies go wrong. So when, what I mean by discipline is, well, do you actually know if you're on track month by month on all your goals, your measures, and your targets? Uh, and if you're, I mean, do you get a, a, a good read on that? Do you have powerful conversations around that? So if I know that I'm going off track in a particular area, do I have the quality conversations uh, and make important decisions to get me back on track. A lot of companies, they don't have those discussions or they don't have them in the right way or they just don't make the important choices uh, as to what, what needs to shift. Perhaps it might be resources that needs to change. It may be uh, what they need to focus as and energy attention. or So those sorts of things are really, really critical. So the discipline required to execute uh, is absolutely paramount and a lot of organizations get that wrong um, I also think the other thing too is if you've got a great strategy on a page all well and good to have it but it needs to be well communicated to others how many people in your organization actually understand the plan and they understand that the part that they play in the plan so that's the other key thing as well I mean you've got uh, so you've got initiatives projects, key key actions, but you've also got people, uh, individual performance plans. How does all that map together to help you, um, you know, achieve the, the plan you want? Uh, and and people need to understand uh, the part that they play, their team plays, 
in uh, in that achievement. So, yeah, there's I guess a lot Very of a lot of different areas where companies get it wrong. Uh, and you need strong linkage between the business project personal plans. Uh, you need strong disciplines and behaviours moving forward and sticking to those disciplines as, as you decide what they are. Uh, you know, when I talk about alignment, I talk about vertical and horizontal alignment. So that's uh, from, you know, the lead team, the group level, right down to business units and functions, but it's across functions and business units as well. Um, I know one of the stats uh, that came out recently from that study I mentioned earlier, uh, managers said they were three times more likely to miss performance commitments because of insufficient support from other units than because of their own team's failure. Uh, so that just highlights the importance of teams being able to work together rather than working in silos. When you talk about that fourteen percent, Blake, yeah, how much how how much of that that missed op- those missed opportunities is made up of unreasonable goal setting? Yeah, look, I mean, there, there certainly is an element where there are misguided goals, mm. or it could even be a case of well, the marketplace changes considerably from mm. when the time from from when the plan was actually developed in the first place. Mm. But I also think that uh, a lot of executives, you know, they'll develop this plan, but they they won't um, pressure test it enough. They won't check in uh, and do enough work on the, the how component, how it actually will get achieved. Uh, and they won't involve the right people in that process. Uh, so I think, yes, there is an element where it is misguided and the goals weren't quite right to begin with. Mm. Uh, and... But at the same time, there's a many, many examples where uh, the execution is just poor when it comes down to it. And and some plans, they'll sit in a shelf or in someone's top drawer uh, and it'll be rarely looked at and people won't know where they are month by month, quarter by quarter, whether they're tracking. There won't be the strong disciplines uh, that, that are required to deliver on the plan. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's... Interesting working with the companies we work with yeah, and trying to help help out in those Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Like we had Tim Power, who's the CEO of 3P Learning, who are responsible for yeah. Mathletics and Spellodrome. He is a big fan of the Rockefeller principles. And what yeah. he's done is he's taken what you've said mapped it together with the Rockefeller principles and then created his own method of strategy. And he does it all on one page. He's very clear on the most important things for the business to achieve in the next period. And taking what you said one step forward into the execution of the execution, yeah. he has these huddles every morning just for 10 minutes. There's a stand-up meeting where all the team leaders come together and they basically yeah. have a quick 60-second, two-minute update of what's going on in their area in regard to the major uh, focus points for the business. So it always keeps them focused mm. on the bigger picture and they're yeah. always getting together to talk about. And if there are any issues, they can address them immediately. They can also celebrate success, but everybody knows what's going on. And although that may not suit everybody, there does seem to be an underlying theme that you almost need a strategy to execute upon, don't you, of how to have the right people involved, emotionally connected with things that they they want to achieve, they think are achievable, and then some accountability to it. So it may just be worth people 
going back to episode 24 with Tim Power from uh, 3P Learning because it fits in really nicely in terms of a real-life example of what you're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think that huddle idea, that communication, the, the, and the focus on key priority areas, uh, it's, it's just so important. I mean, one of the big decisions with strategy is not so much what to do, but what do we stop doing? <laughs> oh, great, yeah. That is a very, very good point. I have people write this down in their journals. You wrote a blog recently and you were asked the difference between someone being really good at something and somebody who is a master, a Jedi master. Uh, can you talk through, in your mind, the attributes of a master? Because I think it's a really... I think it's a good good conversation to have because my feeling is that we don't hold ourselves to a high enough standard with our health, our relationships, our fitness, our spirituality, our businesses, our leadership, whatever it may be. I really liked this blog. Can you talk through some of the attributes of being a master? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think one of the key points I wrote in that piece was around uh, Gladwell in his book Outliers talked about masters do the work. So he talks about uh, 10,000 practice hours needed to reach mastery uh, in any field. Uh, so there's really no way around. If you want to be a master in anything, you have to do the work. Uh, so that's one of the, the key things. They've got very high standards. Uh, you know, I think the other thing too is uh, I talk about uh, having a mind fortress uh, whereby other people are unable to shake um, your self-belief. So uh, I think one of the things with Pay It Forward Day uh, in me being able to, I guess, help it get to where it, where it has around the world has been um, early on there are a number of people who said, look, it's not going to happen, uh, good luck with that. So I was very careful in, uh, in creating the right mindset uh, around this can happen and will happen and, and having some real positive thoughts around it. Uh, I think people who are masters uh, are always looking to improve what they do. I think that's that's really really important. Uh, always looking for a better way. Uh, they believe in their own ability, and they've, look, they've got very very high standards uh, as well. Uh, I love the quote: "Masters don't practice until they get it right. Masters practice until they never get it wrong." A, a mind fortress—that's a great term. How, how have you gone about building your own mind fortress, particularly for Pay It Forward Day? Yeah, look, uh, I think it, it has to do with I think how you actually. The day. I think the start of the day is a, a critical time where you set yourself up for success for the for the whole day. And it's interesting because years ago I did some work with the Australian swimming team. I also worked with the long-term unemployed, and they had very different mindsets. Mm. And I learned a lot from working with with both of those groups. Uh, but one of the big differences between the two was their actual mindset, how they thought about things. Because uh, thoughts create beliefs, and beliefs help control your your actions. So you've got to have some positive positive thoughts going through through your mind that give you energy and propel you forward. So for me, uh, exercise is important. So I try to get up and do exercise uh, first thing in the morning wherever possible. Get some positive uh, thoughts going through the mind. So Anthony Robbins, for example, talks about an hour of power. Um, or 30 minutes to thrive or, or 50, 15 minutes to fulfillment or whatever, whatever time you have available. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's, it's around actually 
uh, having some deep breaths, getting the energy flowing through the body as you exercise, but it's also putting some positive thoughts in your mind. So that might be around what you are grateful for. Uh, that's very, very powerful uh, to have some of those thoughts going through your mind, uh, some of the key areas you want to focus on, the key things you're trying to achieve. Uh, and, uh, and and I also like having some empowering music going, going through uh, earphones as well. So that sort of thing I found to be really, really powerful. And I think if you can do that first thing when you wake up in the morning, then it get, sets you up for success for the whole day. What's the music going through your headphones, Blake? Uh, look, it's... <laughs> Actually varies yeah. uh, from anything from Michael Bublé to Bubble. Another aeroplane, another sunny place. I'm lucky, I know, but I wanna go home. Yeah, the bubble. Yeah, uh, to you know various dance uh, tracks to Eminem to Green Day. Yeah, a bit of um. You too, you name it. I mean, I've got a quite a large um, music collection, so uh, it really depends on, on what I feel like. But but uh, generally, when I'm running or exercising and the like, something with a bit more pace, a uh, bit, bit of a strong beat, uh, really really gets me going. Where can people get in contact with you, mate, to to learn more? How do we get in touch with you? Uh, look, probably the best way is via my website, which is Blake Beatty, spelled dot com. That's probably the best way. But uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, go to Quest Worldwide uh, website as well. You can contact us through there as well. So um, yeah, there's a number of different ways you can get in touch, and of course, there's also the Pay It Forward Day website as well, which I can be contacted. Uh, as well. So people can decide which strategy works best for them to get in Ooh. touch with you, Blake. Well, that's exactly right. I like, I like, to, I like, to, I like to leave it to chance. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't like to make things too easy for people, you know. <laughs> well, Blake Beatty, you are the performance engineer. I love the quote at the top of your webpage that says, search your heart open your mind and live the dream. And as a performance engineer, mate, we uh, we salute you. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Thanks for coming back. It's actually pretty cool yeah. to think you'd take the time to even <laughs> want to come and hang out with us again. So uh, good on you, mate. Thanks, buddy. Uh, great chatting with you, Robo and Gary. I love your work. Yeah, thanks, man. That was really good. The Mojo Radio Show. Clever guy, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, you know, pay it forward day plus his day job. Wow. Yeah, and he's a good dad and good family man and mm. he's always calm and happy too. So I think it's nice to meet guys that walk the talk. Uh, yeah. But there's probably some things that, you know, we, we can take out of that for Voodoo Studios and mm. for me and for our show. So yep. uh, I think we'll get a piece of paper and start writing. Yeah, it's one thing I can say about Voodoo Sound. It's certainly not strategic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, one last bit of housekeeping. I've got the broom out again. In fact, mm-hmm. it's a dustpan. <laughs> Sylvia, Sylvia Damiano. you take all this who, garbage out of here once you're done. <laughs> what, all these 10 bags of rubbish? Um, <laughs> Sylvia Damiano from About My Brain, who was last week's guest, who I must say I really, really enjoyed listening to it back. Hang on. I've got to ask before you go on, have you cooked your steak yet, Gary? I did. Yeah, I thought you might have. <laughs> oh, mate, it, 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 I was at, I was honestly I was on on the meat trail within minutes of hanging up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good time. That it works. I mean, it, honestly, the, the, no one knows barbecues like the Argentinians. Oh, anyway, we digress. Yeah, indeed, we digress.
So, well, actually, no, there is a segue. It's yeah, a nice there is a nice there segue because, there. You didn't even uh, see where I was going, did you? <laughs> no. And Subia sent me a list following mm. the interview of the 50 best brain foods. And I oh, will put wow. this on our Facebook page as a mm. post so that everyone can see it. Yeah. Um, I won't run through all of them. Um, and a lot of them are pretty obvious in it essentially, look, you know, brain foods are about eating fresh, natural, wild unencumbered food mm, mm. and it's everything from raw almonds, almond milk unsweetened, uh, your typical fruits, apples, bananas and you got your veggies, your beets, a lot of blueberries, um, mm. carrots, mm. egg whites are really good, grapefruits, um, yogurt which is unsweetened, tuna, mm. turkey, raspberries, pomegranates, peaches. So it's pretty wide in the choices you could make for the best brain foods. I'll put yeah. this list up, which I think is a good, a, a, you know, a good guide for us to make sure that the majority of our food falls into the categories we've mentioned. Mm. But to be honest with you, it's not rocket science. A lot of this stuff that she put up there, your proteins, your chicken, your turkeys, your fish, your wild salmons, mm. and then your berries, your fruit, your veggies, it's all there. It's just a matter of having it in your diet, which we don't because we fill ourselves full of processed food and it does cloud the brain. Can I ask you a quick question in there though? What occurred to me as you were reading that list is we talk about sugars and all that sort of stuff with a lot of our guests and you may not be able to answer this, but it occurred to me. There seems to be a lot of sugary food in there. We talk about bananas and the berries and all that sort of stuff. Is that just all in the balance then from there? Yeah, when you when you talk to nutritionists or people who are you know biohackers with this sort of stuff for performance and clarity of thought and everything else, what they'll tell you is that having a whole apple, a mm. whole banana, mm. a whole orange, because mm. you get all the fiber out of it, that actually is takes longer for your system to process. Yeah. We tend to go for apple juices and orange juices and the juices out of stores mm. and they are modified yeah. with the wrong sorts of sugars, which means you do get a hit. Berries themselves, you can talk to any nutritionist or holistic health person, berries are just fantastic. So you get your blackberries, blueberries, particularly cherries we've talked about before in the show, yep. strawberries are excellent for you. Mm. So all that sort of stuff is a very, very good source of antioxidants and everything else. But mm. you know what? If you go back to it, mate, it's just balance. There you go. Mr. Burbusser, you might come back on the show next week as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we could do better than that, mate. We can do much better than that. But I'll put the list up. People can go through it and stuff yeah. and just pick and choose. But I would just say, if you look at what you're eating each day, look at the list and go what percentage is on the list and what percentage isn't. And if you're having yeah. a foggy brain, you can't recall what to do next, you're forgetting the name of the guy behind the panel, then you uh, you might <laughs> want to be thinking seriously about what you're putting in your gob. Anyway, I reckon we're done, eh? Indeed. Sounds like we're over and out. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.